Hello and welcome back to ATN Betches. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen. And this is our second week of succession recapping. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be so it is. Are you all right? Aileen, I am so excited to get into it with you. It really is annoying that it ends at 10 because you want to go to sleep and I want to text you about it. I must. Yeah, I must go to sleep. I'm also doing this thing because you know how when something that you love starts becomes work and then it no yes, longer becomes a thing that I love so much. So what I'm doing is I want to retain that like joy of watching the show. So I don't like when I watch it the first time, I don't think of it like what I'm going to say. I just enjoy it as a viewer. And then I know the next day and then I must go to sleep because I have to wake up at 630. <laughs> and so but with some t- light texting with you. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I watch it like carefully with notes in the morning the next day before we record. So it's very fresh. Look, I it's probably best that I don't text you all my thoughts and we, you know, exhaust yeah. them the night before. But honestly, everything I love becomes work. And I actually <laughs> like it. It kind of makes me like it more. Like I I've I've tried to watch things and with no intention of like recapping them or writing anything. But then all of a sudden my thoughts are just so overwhelming that I have to put them somewhere. And that's how yeah. they end up on the internet. I like so, to just like think my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too a lot of the times. But some things that I just get so, so passionate about like this that I I, I want to put it somewhere and share it. But speaking of anyway. turning our entertainment into work, we have Succession recaps on Betches.com. We are back on the .com in some capacities. So we are doing the fuck off ranking. Who needs to fuck off in each episode? So be sure to check them out. Betches.com. It is on the top of the homepage. You'll find it. I also am sending out a sub stack, which has a link to the um, Betches recap this episode. And then a bunch of links to other fun succession content I find on the internet because hustle you know, girl hustle <laughs> I go it's not even a hustle it's like I get hyper fixated on it I know, I know you I'm do. having a good time so yeah. you know let's ride this wave of um interest and energy that I have going on right now let's get into the shareholder earnings report shall we Samantha we shall how many way stars are you giving the second episode of the final season Hmm. It's it's tough because I don't want to be Sammy Four Star who just gives four stars to every <laughs> every episode because you have to justify it. Like it can't just be a vibe. Well, everything is just vibes to me. I mean, I'm like the <laughs> I'm like the kids coming up with the valuation for the company. Like exactly, you know, it just sounds like a nice round number. Um, okay, so I was gonna say four stars because five stars feels like so above and beyond to me that like I would know if it was five stars and three stars feels just if it would be a a little lackluster and it felt somewhere in the middle. But I actually want to give it four and a half stars. And there were a few scenes that I think took it to the next level. The first being the uh, karaoke bar scene, obviously, Obviously. but particularly Connor and his – his exit at the end, I think, mm-hmm. really took it to another level. I think plot-wise, the fact that Roman ends up shifting sides means that we really advanced a lot here and that Logan wants to get rid of Sid at ATN. Uh-huh. And uh, Logan's ATN speech was, I thought, really another groundbreaking. You usually don't get to see that, like that kind of like Logan being like a boss. At work like that way. Like intimate in the operations. Or like speaking <laughs> to his employees that aren't like his number two, three, four, and five. Yeah. I was going to go also with the four, but I was also teetering between four and four and a half. I might give it a four, three because that scene when it was as as the creator calls it, like the ensemble cast scene, like all of them in one room, also hilarious in a karaoke bar, which none of them have been to. And this is like, a, like an extremely important conversation happening there. Yeah, and yet we all have been there and they have not and they placed them there. It was just so funny. I couldn't believe that was about to happen when it happened. Like it was almost one of those moments you think they're going to put like a cliffhanger in like a normal show. They would put a cliffhanger and like wait, make you wait to watch. But like they were getting into it. It was like really meaty. And and that wasn't even in the that wasn't even the end. 
And there were so many, like, there was such like a, when, when you asked me what did I think, I was like, it's another fucking roller coaster. There was, it was like oscillating between like funny and like raw, like it was so many vulnerable moments. And like you see another side of Logan where he doesn't have all the power. And it was just, that scene like made the whole episode. Otherwise, I think I would have given it like a three five again. I agree with that, but it was so important. It gave it a whole one point. And also it advanced the plot. I agree. And it advanced the plot a lot. And and also the Carrie subplot, even though it seemed like frivolous, it I think is going to be really important. And I, I think I, we can get into that later. But I also really like that they're like pushing Carrie through as like a really like a not a, a non-main main character. You know, she like has she needs she's a she has a purpose for the relationship between Logan and the kids. So like I, I'm excited to see how it all pans out. So you're giving it a four three five, but it would have been a three five <laughs> without the karaoke bar scene. Kind of agree Definitely. with that. And I'm giving it a four or five because I didn't realize we were doing decimals. But I think those are good scores. Let's now recap the episode and just kind of go through everything in case someone has not watched it or if you're one of those like Habsy watchers, we know who you are. All right. So generally the context of this episode, the super plot is, yeah, Logan is selling. He needs to get the next step is to get this push through the board. And he needs board approval to like go through this sale to agree to the price. Meanwhile, the kids are having a business retreat, PGN brainstorm. They're thinking about what this Pierce deal means to them. But also what really is going on, even though it didn't really happen, was Connor's rehearsal dinner. So like everything is leading up to his rehearsal dinner and everything is after his rehearsal dinner. But no, we don't actually see his rehearsal dinner. Because it's a shed show. And then that's what's happening sort of with the kids and the rehearsal dinner. But Logan, so he's selling, but there's this, he's spinning off ATN. ATN isn't part of the sale. So as we saw in the last episode, he's watching ATN. He calls Sid. He's like, Sid, are you losing it? So in this episode, he's like involved in ATN. And he's telling us this is what he gives a shit about. He also tells his employees. And then there's a subplot where Carrie, there's a tape audition tape of Carrie potentially being a news anchor. And that trickles throughout the whole episode. And because the, the, because the audition sucks <laughs> and, and Logan doesn't want to tell her. And so that's kind of also what's happening. And that's, that was the whole, that's, I guess really what, that's what's going on in the episode. So let's get into like more of what happened. And for Everyone who's listening, we're going to – we separate quotes sometimes, but we're going to do quotes within interweaved within the scenes because so much happened in this episode. Let's talk about the PGM brainstorm happening in Albany, New York. It's a, This was a really fucking funny scene because they just bid $10 billion for PGN and they have clearly never watched it. <laughs> Like, none of them have ever turned it on or watched it. And I also think they've never watched ATN. But more likely, they've watched a few episodes of of nighttime. Episodes of ATN. <laughs> yeah. And none of PGN. And they, again, are doing the exact same sort of bullshit brainstorming as they did um, for The 100. And with this, they're just, like, kind of snarking on PGN. And it's not at all productive. Same shit, different chateau. Uh-huh. I agree with you. It's so funny that the kids have clearly never watched PGN ever. And Roman Roman goes, our PGN is going to crush this. And the banker who's sitting in the background goes, not quite yours yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Kendall starts doing his weird like venture capital word salad when uh-huh. he's talking about what they're going to do with what they're going to make PGN into. Because – and he sounds exactly the way he was talking about the hundred a week ago with the info snacks and the high calorie info info parcels. And he goes, "This I thought this was so funny." He's talking about what they want to turn PGN into, and he goes, "My floaty kind of semi pitch would be hardcore international news from global global to hyper local, like maybe a focus on Africa, maybe every day just what is happening in Africa, the Maghreb, Sub-Saharan East, Sub-Saharan West. I would watch that shit." Roman goes, you would not watch that shit. Shiv goes, I mean, no, that sounds like homework, the show. 
And then Kendall goes, goes, Jess, you you would watch that, right? And she goes, uh, if it was if it was on. <laughs> and they just clearly like don't what is Kendall even talking about? Sub-Saharan East, sub he doesn't <laughs> Yeah, oh, and then he goes, the point is it's global reach. It's a network that teaches you how to watch it. <laughs> what does that even just, mean? Yeah, it's it's like content, like like you said, word, word VC salad. word salad. It doesn't word smoothie. Actually, like um, it's not executable. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Or even if it did, Kendall isn't the one who knows what to global, do. Global, global to hyper local. Jess, you would watch that <laughs> uh, if it was on <laughs> every day. Just what is happening in Africa? <laughs> It's just so funny. It's like, because it's, imagine the writers writing it and it's like how they would imagine like just a dumb, like a dumb writer's room or like just dumb people like trying to like come up with a pitch for a news show. And it's like, they probably had so much fun writing that. Like, (laughs) it's literally like the funny, so they're, they're, they start off watching PGN, but then they also switch to Carrie's audition (laughs) tape. Just as they're they need they need to leave for Connor's uh, rehearsal dinner, they're wearing their like business clothes, which they're weirdly dressed up in to sit around with each other. Shiv is wearing like a very expensive business suit to sit around and watch TV in this living room that they rented with their banker. Why did they even need to go to Albany? Like you have houses. That's what I was thinking. Like be in the city. Like you have a rehearsal dinner in the city. Like why are you just or like. Their house in the Hamptons. They they have a house in the Hamptons, remember? Everything that happens in this episode that the kids do furthers the end when Logan says they're not serious people. Like totally. everything. They they they're just snarky. And but it all starts with like the ignition of this episode. Shiv gets a call from her lawyer, her assistant, to tell her that all of the lawyers are conflicted out. And that's when she realizes her div- the divorce lawyers are conflicted out. That's when she realizes it's not really Tom making a move against her. It's Logan. So she is like, fuck dad. Like, I'm going to kill him. So she calls Sandy. And it's like, actually, Sandy, I changed my mind. And Sandy, meaning Sandy and Stu- Sandy of Sandy and Stewie, um, they're the ones who are part of the board. As I mentioned earlier, the board needs- still needs to vote this deal through the price. And Sandy and Stewie want to push the price higher. They want to vote no. And Shiv, emotionally, I don't think she would have done this if this divorce thing didn't happen, emotionally calls Sandy and is like, actually, I'm going to go with you and I'm trying to convince the other Sibs to do the same. And she's so, so bad about being like nonchalant. Like she's so forceful, but neither of them like catch on. It's so weird. Don't you didn't you think she was just being like so aggressive? Like, don't you think we should all talk about this, guys? Oh, look, I got a text from Suey. This is weird. I did think that, but they all do that to each other because Kendall at this point is like, no, like we're definitely doing this. Like uh-huh. he he's all in on this um on this PGN idea. Roman actually is in on this, and I think he's pretty consistent about that. Mm-hmm. But she, but Kendall basically does the same thing later when he gets that call from Matson, who mm-hmm. kind of like threatens him and goes – he decides he wants to get on Shiv's side with the with the other shareholders it's, at that point. It's the, so, it's the let's screw dad side for just emotional reasons. Yeah, but it's like they've been wanting to screw their dad their whole lives and they just – it's almost this is, like – This is the this is the thing that's presented at them. This is like where – I can screw dad today. <laughs> you know when you like get in a fight with someone and you scream and then you want to like turn, you stop and then you want to turn around and be like, and another thing. It's right. like they keep doing that, but for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time throughout the sale. Like mm-hmm. they they are like calm down. They're like, okay, it's fine. And then they're like, no, <laughs> we're going to do something about it. There have been times when I realized I shouldn't have trusted my gut. Like, 
watching that extra show when I know I really should go to sleep because I have to wake up early or buying that pair of shoes that I really don't need. Probiotics can help with most of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. I love Ritual. I used to take Ritual's prenatals. It made me feel so strong and healthy during my pregnancy. My nails were so strong. My hair was great. I just really love the brand. Their three-in-one supplement includes a prebiotic, probiotic, and postbiotic with two of the world's most clinically studied probiotic strains Postbiotics provide fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. Ritual's delayed-release capsules are designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract. It's an all-in-one minty capsule, and there's no refrigeration needed. And Ritual uses scientific tools to select lower-carbon packaging, prioritizing sustainability-sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash betches. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash betches for 25% off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them buttoned up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. Not only are they offering you an unbiased opinion, they're also professionals in the field and they know because you could be going through something and you'll have someone to talk through it, but you could also not be going through something. Things might arise and you don't even realize something is bubbling up. I'm really good at identifying it now, but when I was like very early in my therapy, I didn't really realize I had anxiety or it was really affecting my life. And I figured that out with a therapist and I realized how it was affecting my life. And it was just such a great experience. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash betches. And then we move to what's going on in ATN. This is where we see that Logan is actually walking the floor like as if Santa Claus was a hitman. That was one of my favorite quotes. Because <laughs> like it was so accurate and they like show him walking around as if he looks like Santa Claus with sunglasses on inside. And Tom <laughs> gets out of his car. He was leaving because it was late night and he comes running back in. And it's also funny that like Greg is still there. Like he's still working. Like, He's 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 not like not not working, but he's there. He's hanging. And he's hanging. And that's when Logan gets into his like he stands on a bunch of printer paper boxes, makes his cheap and cheerful speech where he terrifies literally <laughs> all of the employees. I think there's some really good quotes in this one. Um, Sammy, I know you had some favorites, but I thought it was extremely funny that he goes. Well, first, he's. I know you like the line about the stakovanite. Oh no. Um, well, I like. I like when he was walking around and commenting on everything. Like and one he, email in the last. I had to Google what what stakovanites were, but once you know what it is, it's really fucking funny. Because he goes to. He's standing behind this employee's desk. And he goes one email. Fucking stakovanites in here. Yeah. And he goes to the guy. Please don't exhaust yourself. And a stakhanovite is a worker in the former Soviet Union <laughs> who was known to be exceptionally productive. <laughs> yeah. No. So when you read the definition, like I actually, I laughed aloud at the definition, but uh-huh. I also thought it was really funny that Tom, so Tom's there and he's, he, he's like terrified of Logan too. He goes to Greg, like he's hanging around, he's going to be hanging around all the time, like the threat of nuclear war. And then Logan's looking for Sid, who it seems now that Tom and Sid are sort of like dual, they're sort of duplicative of each other. Mm-hmm. Cause Sid is trying to call Tom her social secretary. And Tom <laughs> basically, so basically, this is how it goes. Logan, Tom goes to Logan, what do you think of the election refit? How they redid the newsroom. Logan goes, It's a pretty fucking penny. It's an aircraft hanger. What's the aircon bill? It's like every old guy ever so yeah and then, about the ac bill yeah and then tom i mean it's true it's really fucking expensive tom goes sid sid really likes the sense of space it's certainly interesting so he like blames her for immediately the expense clearly and then logan goes where is she tom goes 
oh, she doesn't tend to stay late when it's opera season. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tom was on his way out. Yeah. It's also and the second time. There. Yeah. It's also the second time Tom has mentioned the opera in two episodes. So maybe it'll be like a theme. Um, so then – but Logan – Logan was really there to talk about Carrie and to say – and to basically get Sid and Tom's opinion on her. But they're too afraid to – give their opinion, even though she's so evidently bad. We'll get to that later. And he says it would be unprofessional for him to get involved. He's nowhere near it. And then he gives this speech on top of printer paper. On top of printer paper, cheap and cheerful. Um, but it is the last thing from cheerful. And it is, while it is a motivating speech, he did get a um, standing ovation, even though they all started standing at the end. <laughs> He does tell them he fucking loves it in here. And he talks about he wants to, like, change ATN. He's reinvigorating ATN. And they are all pirates. Yeah. <laughs> and they're the ones to do it. And it was really, really amazing acting. But it was terrifying. Like, the way in which he even says he loves it was scary. Yeah, he's like, I fucking love, <laughs> I love it. it. Honestly, his um, he's a Broadway. He's done a lot of Broadway, and I felt that his Broadway came through really strongly in this whole episode. But especially that scene, it was really terrifying. And but but good. I love how he uh, he's like questioning the the random people. He's yeah. like, is fifteen equal to forty, pal? <laughs> he's like, no. Good head for numbers. <laughs> yes. And but in his speech, I wanted to point out that he like talks about how ATN is this network where like they can't believe that they say the things. It's so spicy. It's so fucking spicy. It's so true. They they say something so true and no one else says it because they're too fucking lily livered, which I found like really ironic, if that's the word, or hypocritical, maybe, because as we see later in the episode, I only noticed this the second time I watched it, is that he really is too lily-livered <laughs> to have any real conversation with Carrie, obviously in this one small circumstance, but his children. Like, the reason why he is even in this, like, really tense relationship with his children is that he doesn't have, sit them down and have this conversation. And we see later, like, in that karaoke scene, which we'll get to, but he finally says, like, Kids, what you don't understand is like, this is a good deal. And he like kind of talks to them in a way like, I'm teaching you something, right? That's something he should have done 20 years ago, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Like, this is something he should have done and like had a conversation, talk to them like they're not equals, but like respects them, needs them in a way and like wants to teach them. But really he avoids all personal conversations all things like he doesn't actually say anything to anybody. He just goes and does. And then he just lives in the aftermath of that. As you can see with all of his divorces and his like the shitty relationship with his children. But it's funny because he says that about his news network and business. Yeah. Well, I mean, I imagine that I imagine like, I mean, if he's a real person and we're psychoanalyzing him. Yeah. Why does he feel, why is this the business he feels so passionately about? And why is it that he feels so passionately about it being that way? It's probably because he needs to like get all that he can't say in his real life. Mm -hmm. He needs to feel that he's exerting that on the world and he has the money and influence to do so. And also exactly. something that this episode really did bring home for me is that he is, he actually knows the business. To your point, if he had said any of these actual helpful things to the kids ever mm -hmm. in their lives and hadn't just used the family dynamics to play out his dysfunction which Shiv points out when she's like, you just say you're right and everyone yeah. arranges around that. If he had done that, they wouldn't be in this position, but he can't acknowledge that to himself. He's obviously unable to say, to be like, oh, it's actually my fault that you also use the business to play out our dysfunction. Because if you think about it, Connor wants, Connor just wants out for the money. That's his sort of place in the family. Roman wants to be a peacekeeper. Money is a priority, but He'd rather everyone be together. But Kenzel and Shiv both use the business to play out their dynamics. They're not making any business decisions based on the business. They're, in a weird way, following 
in Logan's footsteps for how he treats them mm-hmm. with the business. Exactly. But then he's now expecting them to care about the price and the value and and real things. Um, so it's it's tough. Tough to be a parent, I, think, I imagine. I Kendall, exactly. I think Kendall and Shiv are like too far gone from like the shit and the traumas that they've experienced with their dads to like even go to therapy. <laughs> also, the past few seasons have been about Logan pulling them both in and then kicking them mm-hmm. away. Roman Roman has not been pulled and then kicked away. Connor hasn't in this context and all he cares about is just getting his money out and like it mm-hmm. being good with everyone. Yeah. But and maybe having his 1%. But yeah, I think that that's why the two of them want to get revenge more than the others also because mm-hmm. he's actually promised he's them, them the success successorship and then betrayed them. That's true. He's really messed with them in their heads and like betrayed them. Okay, so anyway, ATN, he makes a speech and then then the Kerry subplot thing comes in with her as an anchor, which was really funny and bad. And it's funny because he enlists Tom to tell Kerry that Kerry isn't ready yet. And then Tom enlists Greg. <laughs> and there was a really funny quote in that where he goes, um, this is an incredible piece of diplomacy, Greg. It's like Israel and Palestine, except harder and much, much more important. <laughs> Tom would say that. It just, it's so good. It's so good. Logan also, meanwhile, gets really petty and decides to like cancel the helicopter rides for the kids <laughs> yeah. um, to get to the rehearsal dinner, which I thought was like extra petty. Like, get like they can find their own way, but also um, so easy for him. I know. Like all he had to do was say cancel the helicopter. There's a lot of helicopter power play throughout this whole show. Mm-hmm. Like remember when they're like showing up to um, I forgot his name. Like the shareholder that's played by like Aiden Adrian Brody, Adrian uh, Josh Brody. Aronson, and he's Josh like Aronson. I'm hearing talk of two helicopters, two planes, right, right, right. And like who shows up first? There was like that, like Kendall yeah. or him. Who's leaving first? It was it was like a lot of helicopter power play going on. And I think um, and you made a good point. Like, have they ever heard of Blade? Like, why couldn't they just get another helicopter? I don't understand why they're still booking things on the company. Pay for your own helicopter. I know, right? Like, just figure out your own way. But they just can't. It's interesting they they are so aware of their dad's plays for control. And yet they do nothing to get ahead of them. For example, Shiv with the divorce lawyer conflict thing, she – if I'm Shiv and I knew that happened to my mother, I'd be making sure, number one, that that didn't happen. Same thing happened – it happened to her her three months ago with Kendall and the cruises thing. And yet she's not in any way trying to get ahead of it. She initiated the divorce. Mm-hmm. So it's just – it's a little baffling to me why – and yeah, they're not serious people. That's They're just the not serious people. And I also want to add to the non-serious people is that Kendall is like particularly a joke this episode. Like mm-hmm. even the way that he's just like laughing, like wave bye to daddy. Like that was really <laughs> funny. Like yeah. as helicopter leaves. <laughs> Bye-bye, daddy. Like that was very funny. But um, at the same time, like you see him laughing here. You see him laughing later in the car after – after the the karaoke, he's just again like not grounded in reality. And he also makes his entire decision for that he's going to join Shiv's point to try to get hasn't uh, learned more the fuck dad side, so that he's going to basically do that because Matson calls him and tells him not to push. He then reacts, mm-hmm. and he I think okay. The whole thing with the suitcases full of money, I know that obviously he was referring to Nan Pierce and that, but for some reason, the way the music played at that moment, I felt that he, it reminded me of him paying the mother of the waiter who died. Mm. I don't know why. But Matson doesn't know that. I don't think Matson knows, but I think that's what Kendall thought of. Maybe. That was what I thought of. I don't know. I don't maybe That's interesting. Yeah, like it reminded him of that. Like the dad has it over holding it over his head and was and he's like, Well, fuck that. Like the reason I thought of it is because of the music that they played at that moment. And I think maybe like 
because I've watched the show so many times, I might like Pavlovian – I might have a Pavlovian association <laughs> to that music. Right. Yeah, this is when Kendall gets really um, hurt. Yeah, <laughs> wants exactly. to fuck over dad. But just going back, so he says wave bye-bye to daddy and then um, – On their – they finally get to the rehearsal dinner as it's ending – they're all wearing their business clothing that they didn't even need to be wearing. But Kendall before. is still in sweats. He's not in. He's not even in business clothing. That he's is their business sweats. clothes. That's his business I know. clothing. They also bump into Sandy and Stewie in the way. And it's also another one of those points where it's like Shiv clearly told. How else would they have known? And Shiv – and nobody acknowledges the fact that Shiv got like – obviously got them there. You know what I mean? Like told them where they'll be. Right. It was just – it was funny. Or they just knew that that's where the rehearsal dinner was because it's kind of a thing you might find out. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? But either way, they then run into Willa who's on her way out of the rehearsal dinner and she's clearly freaking out a little Having bit. a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then whatever, they go see Connor. He is kind of sitting alone at this table in this huge restaurant and he's he basically tells them that he wants to – Will is acting weird. He hasn't, like, been in touch with her for a minute. And they. he says he wants to go to karaoke because he's always wanted to do it, but no one wants <laughs> – no one ever wants to go. And they don't want to go, and they're, like, anywhere but. They go to a bar, a real American bar, quote, unquote. Not like well, – he said, he goes, oh, not your usual stupid places. A real bar with chicks. And then he goes into, like, with where guys are sweating their hands and the blood in their hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that was really nowhere. It was like, just, what do you think is going on, Connor? <laughs> so funny. It's just sometimes it's like the, the 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 show is so good because like there's just like these absurd moments of just like they're like just you're reminded of how wealthy they are and it just makes you laugh. But anyway, so they go to this bar and this is like the siblings now have this meet and they're talking and they're like maybe we should get uh, Connor in on this and they explain what they're what they're doing and talking. But Connor tells them like, hey guys, it's you know it's me and dad versus you. He says this up front to them. And meanwhile, at the dinner, like we said, Kendall gets a call from Mattson. Mattson threatens him. <laughs> he goes back. Then they find out that Roman's been texting. <laughs> this is really good quotes around this. Texting with Logan. So Kendall has changed sides because he wants to fuck dad, as we talked about before. So now he and Shiv are on this, like, let's make Roman feel bad. And says, like, Roman, we have to trust each other. Meanwhile, he takes this call and, like, Shadily does not tell anybody what he just did. Nobody even asks. And he knows that Matt – he now knows that Matson says he won't go up in price and probably means it. And he doesn't mention yeah. that later. He doesn't mention because he doesn't care. He has blinders on for screwing dad. He doesn't care about anything, which – and it's because it's just the rug has been pulled under from under him over and over. Like, he really thought he was going to get out before. Mm-hmm. And then he wasn't. <laughs> then he was pulled back in. And then it's just – out yeah. and in and out and in. Just I did find fucked. it interesting. I did find it interesting that at the end, Shiv asks him, how was it for you fucking dad? And Kendall goes, amazing, just over too soon. And when you think about it as an addict, he that's probably like the high he's been chasing. And he probably finds that it's not – it's also Never not enough. the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, there was a really funny line around the text messages. He's like, oh, this is, the texts are a little warm. Romy goes, warm? He says, he says, he, I wrote, he wrote, take care. And then he goes, what am I supposed to say? Happy birthday. Hope you fall down a flight of stairs, shithead. <laughs> I thought that was great. And then they have the good line about like negotiating because this is when the, they talk about the business. And Roman talks about how like Matson might actually, you know, walk. And Shiv says, oh, maybe he's uh, telling a, a non-truth. <laughs> like, that's negotiating 101. Didn't they teach you that in management training? Then Roman goes, he sounded like he really meant it. And Shiv goes, oh, that's negotiation 102. <laughs> that was so <laughs> funny. Another one is like, I'm John Mother... When he was like, well, you guys are ganging up on me. Like, I'm John Motherfuckers. You're Ringo, you're Yoko, and he's Connor. But he won having drinks with us at an auction. <laughs> <He's still coming. laughs> Which is great. 
Spring has sprung, and that means it's time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, new warm weather bedding, reflight for that summer getaway. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code BETCHES when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code BETCHES. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code BETCHES. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competition for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios in Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant nearly 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and the brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So they're at this, they're at, they end up leaving. Connor is still tracking Willa on his on the, her location which do you and Avi track each other no oh Rusty and I track each other we don't like track but we I don't share track our location anyone. I don't do that with anyone not oh, even I nope. have my location shared with Alexa <laughs> I think you do too because she's told me she has a lot of people's locations <laughs> keep it in. um yeah like um we who else said that they have that hold on where was that she has all of our locations. Where is that? What was that from just now that I saw? I don't know. Oh, my God. Was it Vanderpump? Oh, yeah. Sheena. She has everybody's location. Yeah, Sheena has everyone's location. <laughs> um, But so, okay, so then they're like actually go to karaoke because he seems really upset. And what's his name? Roman is the only one who feels bad. So they go to karaoke. But I think that at this point, Connor is just dragging it on. Because you know that Connor, which he says in the karaoke room, that he's the one who told dad. Dad's here. I told him. Because you're all having like a little bit of a wobble wobble and <laughs> whatever yeah. he said. And he tells him, he's like, he wants his money and he wants dad to walk him down the aisle. That's all he wants. And he wants dad to walk him down the aisle because he wants his fucking point. <laughs> like, that's clearly why he wants him to there. So they're in this room. The fu- one of the funniest scenes I couldn't stop laughing was when Connor was singing Leonard Cohen <laughs> a karaoke, which was another one of those <laughs> because it was another one of those scenes where you're just reminded of their like just just they are not down to earth at all. Like he's never been to, he's never done karaoke, so he's singing <laughs> Leonard Cohen. <laughs> And it's like not a karaoke song. And I was just, I was, I was on the floor laughing during that. It's also like, what is his fantasy of him performing that song? So fucking funny. And Roman goes, this is Guantanamo level shit. All of their reactions around it. They were just sitting and listening and watching. But then Logan comes in the room. I mean, he calls and whatever, but he comes in. And that, yeah. to me, when he was walking through there, same. I was like, this is happening. Yeah. This is a showdown. This Your is point huge. about it being about them being in this like random purple lit karaoke place, I felt was really, really interesting. That was obviously a choice by the writers uh-huh. that I felt was so interesting. None of them had ever been there. And this is probably one of the most important conversations of their entire lives if you're a therapist mm-hmm. and you're analyzing. Um, and that was, this whole scene was groundbreaking. I agree. And they kept Carrie. He kept Carrie, ignored the other two. Like, Carrie, you got to leave. And she's like, 
no. It was a little and weird that um, he kept Carrie. We'll talk about that later. We'll come back he to He needed that. someone, like a number two. He needed a translator. Why does he um, need a translator? He's Logan. He's there. They're all terrified of him. He should have all the power in theory. It's very I telling, think it's I like think it's it. almost like a mother figure there who's like being soft and translating what he is saying to them. But they um, hate Carrie. It doesn't matter. Like the way that she was like, you do know what this all means for you. It could be like, you know, finally you get to separate. But like she's like softly translating what, what, what's his name? Logan doesn't want to say. But it was so good. And he, he comes in really soft. Even though it's all very transparent because he wants something from them. And I'm glad that Shiv is just like, can we just please cut the shit and just say what we are saying here? Um, but he does start off by saying like, I wish you were all at my party. <laughs> it would have been nice to have you there. And clearly this is all like they talk this through. They strategized, he and Carrie, about like what he needs to say to them. Um, he, they need an apology which he says later, um, I don't do apologies, but if it means so much to you, then sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. Th- well, okay, what I thought was interesting there was that Kendall and Shiv kept taking such a hyper-defensive approach. Connor wants the money, Is he was like, wanted him, him there, wants yeah. us to be reconciled. And Roman was walking this interesting line of a little bit of confrontation and mm-hmm. really honest – to with he was his taking dad. him seriously. Yes. He wasn't trying to like say like cut the shit. He was like, okay, if we're really going to sit here and talk about this and you understand like our power right now, then let's actually talk about it. Yes. And like I'm looking for a real way in. Like if you're going to apologize, tell me what for. Yes. He – he because I think obviously my, my like initial thought when Logan said, if you really need an apology, then sorry. My thought was for what? Mm-hmm. But – and they're all kind of like, oh, like for, for the helicopter thing, mm-hmm. you know, and they make <laughs> it a joke. <laughs> but yeah, then but Roman actually asks like this and he says, this is really about Italy um, and everything with mom. So that was, you know, pretty honest. And then Logan tries to then answer for that. He kind of waffles a bit in a way that I really feel that he never gets to his point. And then Kendall and Shiv start doing what they really wanted to do the whole time, which is going at Logan. Mm-hmm. And Kendall's like, when Logan says, I wanted you there a bit with my party, he he goes, holy shit, did dad just say a feeling? Uh-huh. I thought that was so really sarcastic. funny. I laughed at that. But then when he's like, what are you really sorry for? Is it for um, – Ignoring Connor when he was little his whole life, hitting Rome when he was a kid, and then he goes, everyone hit me. I'm fucking annoying. <laughs> Getting Connor's mom locked up. But it's funny because he doesn't actually say anything like about himself. He doesn't say all of the things because, again, he's the same as like you said earlier in the episode that they 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 are they learned from Logan is not to talk about the things that actually hurt them is to never be vulnerable. And Roman, as the third child, little baby is vulnerable. He does want to talk and he's willing to go there. But the other three like Kendall's been really hurt by Logan since season one, at, at the very least. And he doesn't even want to mention any of that in that, like, little thing. It's all about Connor. He's, like, fully deflecting. He's defensive deflecting. He was going to let him sarcastic. go to jail. Like, that seems like the number one thing you would mention. Mm-hmm. For, for, for not something that was his fault. Kendall really had nothing to do with any of the things that he could have potentially gone to jail for. Mm-hmm. And if anyone was responsible for that, it was Logan and then probably Tom with a little Greg Sprinkles. But it, it but he didn't even bring that up. To, yeah, you're totally right about that. But I think it was interesting that Carrie kept trying to say, like, let's separate the personal and the business when you really cannot. Especially she can't either. She's the one, like, potentially pregnant. Yeah, that, we'll get into that in our predictions. And the other part that I thought was actually good, like, there were some cringe moments when the two were being really defensive. But the one that was – the one moment that was good was when they quoted back the finale things that Logan said back to them. Like, yeah. you know, what he said, oh, I feel it in my gut. Like, you got to do it now. And and um, when Kendall said, like, oh, we're making our own pile. And, like, Logan just, like, rolls his eyes. I thought that was actually a good power move. It was, like, sarcasm done well. Like, it was to a point. 
Whereas before they were just being like immature. Well, did Logan did say you're smart to ask about the price, mm-hmm. but they didn't, they wouldn't just leave it when Roman, even though they knew that Roman said Matson would walk, Logan is really telling them Matson will walk and he's saying the market likes this. You need to believe me about the price. And I mean, like, just it seems that that it would be something they could trust him on. And then, and Kenzel also knows that he's not going to move on the price. And yet they keep pushing him just because they want to keep pushing him. And he had literally mm-hmm. just made the point in business that deals can fall apart and pricks like Matson will walk if they feel like they're snubbed. Mm-hmm. And he li- and and because he comes to the table a little bit emotionally and Kenzel and Shiv refuse to he does that and he walks he walks mm-hmm. out of their conversation i think they were not expecting him to walk that early in the conversation based on it I didn't that, feel like it ended that quote that he says back to them because they kept pushing was really i think this was the quote of the episode and maybe like there's a quote b of the of the episode yeah. the quote was um jesus you're such fucking dopes you're not serious figures i love you but you are <clears throat> i love you but you are not serious people and then he walks out and then the second the quote b which i thought was also really important was that he says like smart people know what they are later mm-hmm. and those two like lines i think define how logan sees everyone and everything Logan should know, though, like just to throw it back at him, he should know that in that moment, those kids, if Connor can see it, Logan can see it, right? That all they want is his like love. They want him to acknowledge their hurt and what he did to them. And this is how you get them on your side if that's what you want right now. Like that is your short term goal. Then this is what you do. But he can't. He can't even do the thing about like the mom trust when when Roman like so sweetly he's like well the thing in Italy and mom and <laughs> my mom you hot mom and Logan was like well it was a bit of a he he fumbles like and he can't do it and that is Logan's you know that is his crutch it's his it's gonna cause his demise and that's what's ultimately gonna fuck himself over that's what screwed him up with his children and he maybe they're not serious business people, but he's not a serious parent, and that's that's in that's all of it in a nutshell. Totally, I thought the smart people know who they are. Quote was interesting in relation to both Roman and Connor, who are the ones who want things to be, you know, peachy. Because mm-hmm. Roman doesn't really know who he is. He's not sure which side he wants to be on. He just wants everyone to be happy. Connor does really know who he is, which is demonstrated by his scathing final uh, comment that he makes as he's at the end of the uh, at the end. Sorry, Connor really does know he who he is, which you can hear from that scathing commentary that he makes at the end, which I thought was I would say this was maybe my second favorite quote of the episode, and it's kind of long. He goes. The good thing about having a family that doesn't love you is you learn to live without it. You're all chasing after dad saying, love me, please love me. I need love. I need attention. You're all needy love sponges. And I'm a plant that grows on rocks and lives off insects that die inside me. If Willa doesn't come back, that's fine because I don't need love. It's like a superpower. And if she comes back and doesn't love me, that's okay too because I don't need it. Thanks for the party. And it's like you think about him. He does live like in the middle of the desert alone in this rock and he lives off of Willa who just dies off of from living off him and he Mm -hmm. knows it and he's at least willing to acknowledge the reality of his own of his own situation so although Mm -hmm. he's kind of you know he's himself he is at least self-aware I thought that was also a great moment for Connor versus the siblings where he like says something that's so self-aware, as you said, but it makes them take him seriously. Like it where Shiv's like, oh, come on. Like, cause he gets serious and none of them are able, Shiv and Kendall can never be serious. So he's like, wow, like Connor's actually making like he's being real here. And the other two couldn't believe it. So they're like, oh wow, now like 
I got to back away from this. I got to back away from him. I'm scared of him. But I thought that was a really emotional, even though the speech was about like lacking emotion and not needing love, it was a very emotional speech. And I like felt it. I had the chills when he said that. Me too. Um, <laughs> oh, Connor. Protect Connor. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but okay, let's get to the last, very last scene because we need to rank. We need to do predictions. We have a lot of things to do. Okay, the last scene basically didn't think this would happen in this episode, but I guess they could just keep putting, giving us amazing scenes. Um, Roman walks into dad's apartment and dad is, meet- is sitting with Tom late night watching ATN. And he is now getting pitched by Logan to run all of this new ATN. He needs a ruthless guy. He'll do whatever it takes. And, and he tells- needs him with Matson tomorrow, mm-hmm. during, even well, though no, Connor's they, they, wedding's tomorrow. Yeah, but they, and they push the board meeting, so we know the vote's not going to happen ASAP. And yeah, everything happens during weddings. And he tells him he doesn't only want him, he needs him. And it's funny because like as viewers, you're like, as how, Roman, how can you take that genuinely like he's just saying to say what he needs to say to get what he wants from you but Roman in that moment I think that Roman not only saw that his his siblings are not serious people he saw that they're in unhinged a bit he saw them go off in that room he knows Madsen's gonna walk so he's like I'm not I he always wants to side with this Like you said, he's a peacekeeper, but he also wants to make something of his life. He doesn't want to be a joke his whole life. So, because he got in trouble with the dick pics, I feel like that was like his last straw. And he's like, dad can maybe take me seriously if I do this for real. And like Tom knows that Logan wins out in the end. So it was a really good end. Agreed. If you're looking for simple but quality products for your five-minute makeup routine or want full-face glam that'll stun on a night out, Thrive Cosmetics has a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards. It's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. My long-standing favorite, as you already know, is their mascara, but my favorite thing about Thrive is that they also support communities that we care about and do their best to give back. And while you know how much I love their mascara, right now I am loving their new Brilliant Eye Brightener. It is a highlighter stick made to brighten and open up your eyes, giving you an instant eye lift. You just apply it to the inner corner of your eyes to look rested and effortless. You can also use it as an eyeshadow for a perfect daytime glow or use the metallic shades for an easy smoky eye. It goes on very easily, making it easy to blend any of the 16 shades. Perfect for a five-minute makeup or a full-face glam. Spring is a great time to refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. And right now you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com betches. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Betches for 10% off your first order. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's now get into our next segment. We rate you. Aileen, who are you rating as your number one boy this week? You're my number one boy. My number one boy, I was deciding between two, but my the one I went with was Roman. I think that because the end... Because the end scene, they threw this in this episode. I'm I'm going with Roman. He had a lot of really good points, which we talked about this whole thing. He really feels genuine. And he is, he's, he's making a smart move. He's making a move for himself in the end. Right. And I think even if he does, no matter which side he sort of ends on, I do think he has the, he's closer to winning Logan's respect than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Other than. He sees that. Yeah. Other than my – I was going to say Roman is the number one boy. That's who I really believe is the number one boy. But I will – boy. But I will say Tom because 
I think he's I think he's up there. I think first of all, you see that even within the episode, he's able to to uh, marginalize Sid Peach. He like we said before, he kind of like throws her under the bus when Logan comes to ATN, and then and then at the end of the episode, you see that he's watching mm-hmm. watching ATN with Logan, and he says Sid's toast. Also, the fact that if you want to talk about the divorce side of things, he says the fact that Logan in the karaoke bar says that he had offered Tom the advice that he would have offered Shiv if she had been around, Mm -hmm. that that sort of implies to me that he's on equal footing in Logan's mind, even if it's just so that he can sort of use him for his own ends at this moment. He at least has some level of fondness and respect for him that he's willing to give him the same advice he would give Shiv and tell her that. So Mm -hmm. that to me says that he's really moved far along. He's able to completely uh, get his hands clean in the Kerry situation. And yeah, Tom has definitely learned how to weaponize his meekness effectively. I agree. Okay. Out of the will. Who's out of the will? Fuck off. I I have to say that Kendall is out of the will, and it's because of his extreme flip-floppiness, even within this episode, that is just so indicative of poor business instincts. Because and it's because of his conversation with Matson, where Matson threatens him. He then, after believing that this is the deal he should get, he's able to be totally swayed with one conversation that bothers him. This is a business opponent and he thinks he could be a successor when Mm -hmm. he's completely going back on this three-month deal that they've just had because he gets a little, you know, ruffled by a call. Yeah. Then he doesn't even tell his siblings about the call he just received, which if anything proves that they shouldn't be going back for more money. Mm -hmm. And – I don't know. He just – he has no – one one day it's the 100, one day it's sub-Saharan East. It's just like he doesn't know which way is up. He's not grounded in anything. He's even just kind of point swaying. To Logan, even his point to Logan, like, I'm making my own pile sounds ridiculous, which is why Logan kind of like laughs and rolls his eyes because his pile is like $2 billion already. And, and he I got know. it from Logan. So it's so, you know, he's just I kind agree. of – out of the will this week. Who's who? who I, what about I see you? Kendall. I agree. I think Shiv and Kendall tie, are tied to me because they're both just being like swayed by emotion. Like they're both going through very tough times personally. Shiv and her divorce, she was just backstabbed by her husband. Meanwhile, Kendall has gone through a lot. I don't have to go through seasons one, two, and three, but Kendall's get, but gone through a lot. He has, he's no longer with his girlfriend. And he's, like, lost his station. He was suicidal in the last season. So they're just kind of swaying with their emotions. There's no, they're not grounded. And therefore, I think they're, they're out of the will. They're not, like, thinking with logic and, or reason. Should we quickly talk about the boar on the floor, which I think is pretty obvious? Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Boar on the floor. The boar on the floor, I think. I mean, we have some honorable mentions for this, but I think it's Carrie with her terrible audition tape mm-hmm. and her meddling. I Carrie, the, the actress, I think, is really good at being really, really annoying. And she was really bad at being bad at being an anchor. <laughs> really good at being yes. bad at anchoring. Good acting. But I don't know. I think that her, I mean, she definitely, Greg is no match for her. Um, for her sure. whole thing with like calling I'm gonna, him a calling him like a string cheese. Like I'm rip, gonna, I'm gonna you, rip like, you apart human, like human string cheese. He like is a big polio. Like he really, he really is. Like he's so tall and skinny and lanky. You yeah. can't like feel him. It's such a good line. Um, yeah, yeah. I agree. Carrie, like, I did the job. I did the I job. <laughs> I agree about Carrie, be, but I really think this is going to be very temporary, and that she's the bore on the floor. She this is just the episode where she gets her first taste of being like she lost her betrayal cherry she exactly and also them calling her out and that was like a power move that was really low blow um because and logan says enough after that but because they they hurt her feelings in that moment i think 
for like just to undermine their dad. But there's just like a lot of moments where Carrie wants to say something to him because like he's hurt her when she realizes Logan won't even like stand up and tell her that this audition tape sucks. But she doesn't because she's his assistant. And he's at the same time ordering her around to do this meeting and that meeting and do that and this. And she puts that aside to do her job, which in a way gets Logan to respect her. So she's not really like the bore on the floor. She's not like out of favor, but she's still, I think, humiliated in this episode the most because in the end, that last scene when he's walking to his car, she's like looking away and she looks the most, she looks very hurt by it, especially it would hurt even more if like she really is pregnant. Right, um, I think because she gets to see this is how it starts. Like, this is the kid. That conversation I just left is how it ends, and like this is how it starts. Like, just one non-conversation after another, and that's how the love erodes. That's a good point. But he does include her in the Matson meeting, and does not include Jerry, who I also think mm. she's arguably the bore on the floor because he's calling her out. Like, he excludes her from the meeting. He clearly is not trusting her right now. He calls her out. He's like, you got your Viking hat on already? I thought that was really funny. It's funny how they all call him the Swede. I agree. Speaking of Carrie, let's do some predictions because I think that we have some about Carrie. The forecast. Um, Let's do the forecast. Just note that Carrie's wearing that one-button blazer again, potentially hiding a belly, a pregnant belly, one thing. So you're predicting a pregnancy. You're doubling down on the pregnancy prediction. I'm just noticing hints. I think that you feel it like like cuz they I'm also doubling. Yeah. I mean, I think we let's I agree. I agree with the pregnancy prediction. I actually think that's why he won't just tell her that she's not good at being an anchor or he needs to feel why he's being extra delicate with her. I think that's why he kept her in that meeting. I think that she was pushing for like a more personal conversation. I think she hoped that the conversation would get some somewhere different than what where he was going to take it. I also believe when Roman asked about the shareholders in Italy, he was waffling around something that he didn't get to finish. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that he was like maybe trying to make room for another Roy child. I oh. I just feel that there is something there that he's treating her differently than he's ever treated the mm-hmm. women in his life or he's kind of treating her like how he used to treat Marsha. And to add to this, to add to my supporting evidence, I was listening to the official companion podcast hosted by Kara Swisher on HBO and she was speaking to one of the writers because they have a you know, a writer or a producer on from every, on mm-hmm. every episode. And this person said that it would be unlikely that for someone of this stature, like a, like Logan Roy, for the wife to just stay the wife. They move on between spouses and partners and they have like, and Kara Swisher was saying like, I've seen that type of woman before. Like she's the, she kind of, stands in as the assistant and I've seen them, you know, go here and go there and end up in all different places. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it's interesting because they are clearly not just setting up Carrie as a background person. I think she is specifically becoming more prominent in a way that they're trying to tell a story about a certain type of relationship. You know, the other thing that I just thought of maybe, not just thought of, but I've been thinking is that maybe she's not, maybe this whole pregnancy thing is to throw us off. And maybe that relationship is that he's planning her as a successor. Maybe. Like, because he, she's in on every important conversation. She, he, he like uses her as, she's young. She's, he uses her like all of her advice, like pretty seriously. Maybe he doesn't want her to be an anchor because she wants he wants her to be in the business, like more seriously. Then you should tell her that. It's possible. Well, we see what happens with that. I just, maybe it's possible. I think, but you know how I said earlier that I think this is, this Carrie being the bore on the floor is temporary. I think that she is not going to go down lightly. I don't think she's going to let Logan get away with ma- making her hurt. While all of his other wives will sweep it under the rug for the money, I think Carrie 
you can see she has a very strong personality and will always stand up for herself. You can see it in the Greg thing. She's different than every, she doesn't like do sly remarks. She says things outright. Mm -hmm. And I think that she is going to soften him in a way that will allow him to have just more like productive, maybe meaningful, maybe sweeter conversations with his his children. And maybe she will be the answer. Like maybe she's going to be the one that cracks their relationship. I don't know. She doesn't really read as soft to me at all. I think she reads as sly and like trying to but no, work but her way into what, the middle. But by, what I'm saying is that by like telling Logan, being the only one to tell Logan like what he doesn't necessarily want to hear all the time and like standing up to him and but keeping the respect, I think maybe it'll like she'll be the only one who has gotten to him. Almost like the therapist that he needs. Maybe. I mean, part of the reason I don't see that is because my prediction is that Logan is going to die quite right. soon. I still think that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it more now. And here's – well, what there's – one reason is the camera work, and this is just pretty subtle. But the past two episodes have started with Logan walking – to this exact same t- tones of music that sounds just like funeral music. And then someone asks him how he's doing. And he's like, why are you asking me how I'm doing? Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that they started both episodes that exact way. That's one thing. He's also like too optimistic about ATN, like how he's going to build something leaner, faster, meaner, whatever. Yeah. While he's like 90,000 years old. Like, it's like, I don't, when, if, when I was watching that, I'm like, dude, like, it's time to retire, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there was something – there were some things that he was, like, just saying that he was going to do them, like, a little – and I just couldn't help but feeling, like, you know, you're not. Like, you're not mm-hmm. – like, Yeah, I know um, And also, we know that the show is ending. So there's sort of this, like, meta practicality that I'm imposing on it, mm-hmm. you know? My other – my last prediction – and we can close out, is that Shiv is going to get back with Tom. I think they're going to get back together. I don't think they're going to divorce. I don't end. really either because it's not really in either of their interests to do that. And when I think they she's, there's just... still some love between them. Like we saw it in that last scene of the last episode when they were talking about their divorce and how she wanted to call him. Like he was the only one she wanted to call when like she doesn't have any friends. Like <laughs> when – shit hit the fan and she had this really emotional conversation with her dad or whatever. She's in heaven emotions, but, um, <laughs> she, she wanted to call him. And I think that, that I think they're going to be together. Cause Tom still really, he still loves her, whatever that means for him. But she's still I, wearing her engagement ring. Mm-hmm. She's still wearing her rings. So, yeah, I don't think that, I think she sees this. I think this is just a continuation of how she deals with her own family where you're just kind of like playing these dynamics out and it's not really real because they don't have any sense of vulnerability and consequence. So yeah. they're just, oh, get a divorce. Where are my ring? None of it means anything. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, this was fun, Sammy. I'm really excited for the next episode because it is Connor's wedding and I'm surprised they're throwing it into throwing us into it so early Maybe he doesn't actually get married because we saw an episode. We saw a scene where he's asking Willa if she's marrying him for the money. I guess we'll see. I'm very pumped. And that is it for this week's recap, guys. Be sure to rate, review, and follow our show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. We will have new episodes every Monday and new recaps up on Betches.com. So be sure to subscribe now so you do not miss our next episode. Follow me at Sammy. You can follow me at Aileen. And until next time, we here for you. ATM, we here for you. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, Rebecca Sosmacat, and Aliza Zim. Editing by Basilio Perez. Be sure to follow at Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Betches.